kind of drugs is he on? I want some. Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm Laura. And we have returning super guest, Tori. Welcome back. Welcome. Hello. And this week we are talking season six, episode three, Triangle. It aired November 22nd, 1998, and it was written and directed by Chris Carter. I finally lost my mobile streak at 38. Oh no. Streak. Yeah. It was a season nine episode. And then I lost it again. And so I'm at like a streak of, I think, seven or something. Oh. I live to find out another day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The plot of Triangle is that Mulder rushes off to find the lost ship, the Queen Anne, without telling Scully, and ends up in 1939 on the luxury liner after has been boarded by Nazis looking for a weapon called Thor's hammer. But some of the people on the boat are familiar faces with cigarette smoking man Spender and Skinner being Nazis and Scully being the OSS officer protecting the weapon. Meanwhile, Scully runs around the FBI building trying to find where Mulder is. (laughs) And this episode is a big jaunt. It is Mm -hmm. kind of pulpy over the top like the nazis are just like the very caricature villain that they are in movies you know and it's great i love it a ton (laughs) and so chris got the idea for the conceit of this episode is that it's like supposed to be like four continuously shot scenes so like Mm -hmm. each act is at one collective scene and he got this idea because he found out that the film holds 11 minutes of film and their episodes are about 45, 44 minutes long. And so he's like, what if we shot each act in like one go? And everybody was like, that's a little nuts. <laughs> and he got this idea also because he when they filmed The Red and the Black, he used the second most amount of film they'd ever used before in an episode. Uh, first was Kim Manners. So they gave him a trophy. And so he was like. What if I tried to like use as little film as possible? What if and they so were he like, had this idea. We got to cut your film budget. So <laughs> yeah. Also, it's it's like in Letterbox, but like I don't think the Blu-rays are because like it was not in Letterbox when I watched it. Was it for y'all? Mm-mm. Um, no. Okay, yeah. I no. I think that just kind of is the old one. It was, and now it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Was it all like one takes? Like, were there no tricks? No, there were tricks. Oh, okay. He he guessed he couldn't remember the exact number, but there are between thirty four to fifty one cuts in the episode, which is honestly still pretty low. Yeah, <laughs> like that's still really impressive. Every time Scully exited the elevator, that was a cut because they needed to go to like a mm-hmm. new location, and then um, some of the like so a lot of the whip pans right. are cuts. And, and like the darkness cuts stuff like that we open a boat in the water and it's very playfully named uh, the lady garland <laughs> <laughs> a lot of um wizard of Oz references in the episode and we're in the sargasso sea which is near the bermuda triangle 
it's fun that they came up with an idea to put us in the Bermuda Triangle. You know what I mean? Like, this is a fun place to put an X-Files episode. Yeah. Like, why have they not done the Bermuda Triangle before? Yeah, like, last time they, like, were on a boat, it was that um, awful Dodd-Com one where they're, like, yeah. old. And they're in Norway for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Mulder's floating in the water. He's a dumbass. We already knew that. But Chris was just like, it's going to be this kind of episode, folks. Buckle in. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the credits. It's like a very short cold open. I like that, though. Because like obviously the conceit is the 11-minute acts. So the tagline is German for the truth is out there. Not very original. No. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> like literally German. Like in German. I thought, yeah, yeah it's just in German. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like ger- the tagline was literally German for the truth of that. <laughs> no, no, no. That would be for a second, funny. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like one of those cakes where they're like, uh, can you write? And then they just like include the instructions. In them. <laughs> can you write happy birthday? Or like tell. <laughs> so Mulder is brought onto the Queen Anne. By a bunch of Brits. Some of these people are British. Some of them are Australian, apparently. <laughs> I feel like you can definitely tell that some of them are Australian. Like, I know they're trying to be, like, super, like, old-timey or whatever, but just, like, the phrases and the accents, it's like, I could not take it seriously. I think it's like, not hard to find <laughs> British people in LA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like... Yeah, I feel like they're everywhere. They honestly, I could definitely tell some of them were Australian because when they were like, put your backs into it, it sounded like some of the orcs in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um. <laughs> so they don't know what the FBI is because it doesn't exist. And Mulder's like, what the hell are you talking about? It's 1998. And they're like, it's 1939. <laughs> and he's like, okay, no, look, <laughs> he's right. <laughs> <laughs> and He's Mulder's getting his ass kicked as usual, and we find out the Nazis are on board, and he gets sent to the captain, who, like, beats the shit out of him, too. He's really just, like, getting pummeled. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's, like, exactly one person he can beat, and it's Spinder, which is extra funny. (laughs) When he's, like, yelling, he was like, the war is over, they make nice cars. (laughs) (laughs) The dialogue is, like, so stupid. It's, it's like, so fun. It is, like, definitely stupid. It is, like, why why is he even saying this? Like, if I was trying to convince him that I wasn't German, I would not compliment their cars. Yeah, so in the... I watched the audio commentary, and Chris said that the episode was nominated for an Emmy for writing, and I was like, there's no way this episode was nominated. It wasn't. I think oh. he was just misremembering it. <laughs> Because I was like, look, okay, I love this episode. Like, this is my favorite Chris Carter episode ever. It's not good writing. But, like, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but he's so not a good writer, me. so. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion. <laughs> I, I like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think, it... I'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> and Mulder's just, like, so giddy. It's so funny. He's just like, this is so fun. Like, I am. I found a, a ghost ship, and and then he realizes he's actually in 1939 because the radio broadcast is Neville Chamberlain declaring war on Nazi Germany. <laughs> and he's like, oops. Yeah, he hears a Nazi come in, 
and he starts fighting him. And this is just like this stunt doubles fighting. So the darkness here is a cut because they have to cut back to Spender and Mulder. And it's Spender and he's a Nazi and he's like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) (laughs) He definitely looks like he's having so much fun at the beginning, though. He is like a little He's having a blast. Yeah. The when he hears on the radio that they're in 1939, he's like, oh, shh, that part made me laugh. So he's, you know, dressed as a Nazi running around trying to escape them. And he ends up in the ballroom with uh, all the civilians that are on the ship. And he finds Scully. (laughs) And like 1939 Scully is so cute. I love her hair. She's looking great. And I love her dress. Which like made by the costume designer the dress was. She looks so great. Mm -hmm. And Chris even mentioned like it's kind of it's like a nice reprieve because they always act as Mulder and Scully. So this is like she gets to not be our Scully for a minute and like that's kind of a nice acting challenge and a nice break from you know playing this character for like a hundred and whatever episodes we're at right now <laughs> and she tells him off and it's it's so fun he doesn't she doesn't know who he is and he's just like it's me Scully <laughs> like like the weirdo loser he is <laughs> doesn't she say something along the lines of like get your Nazi paws off me before I punch you in the mouth yeah. or something like that perfect yeah I think she's she says something like, do you want to see the stars and stripes? Like when she threatens to punish him or something. Just such corny, corny dialogue. It's so corny. It's like so over the top. I love it. I love it. And he gets caught by the Nazis again because he's not good. It's a, it's a ship. There's only so pl- many places he can go and he's not good at hiding in general. And he's, like, wearing a Nazi uniform at this point, too, and, like, everyone's speaking mm-hmm. German to him, and he's not responding, so there you go. It's automatically a tell that this is the prisoner. <laughs> yeah. I found out that the, I think some of the British sailors' outfits were also used on the Titan- uh, in the Titanic, the movie. That makes sense. Because that's also made by Fox. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, so they used some of the Titanic stuff in this episode, which is just very <laughs> fortunate for them. <laughs> Because that came Timely. out in 98, right? 97? 97, yeah. I think. Yeah, and yeah. re-released now. Like, that was really close. Yeah. <laughs> Back out. <laughs> so they take him to the bridge, and, like, uh, the the captain gets killed, and one of the the head Nazi is Cigarette Smoking Man, because, like, who else is it going to be? Of course. Other than Cigarette Smoking Man. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's weird that, like, Chris Carter's kind of based that, like, the American <laughs> government is full of Nazis. Like, yes. that's, like, really weird for him to be right about that, you know? <laughs> Did you forget Paperclip? That was, like, the entire point of that episode. True, but, like, I don't know. It just feels like, you, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it just feels like so like, much, okay. like, I'm yeah. not going to be a Chris Carter defender, but. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll give you that. It's just, like, yeah. I just still think it's kind of funny to me that the show is like, oh, by the way, the government's full of Nazis again. Every time Chris Carter makes a correct point, I think he's largely doing it by accident. Right. That's how it feels in this. This one feels more because like Paperclip obviously isn't by accident because like that's Mm -hmm. the whole point of it. But like this feels like by accident. You just seem like it would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I get you what you mean, though. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) So. I feel pretty bad for William B. Davis because, like, in, in like, what I read, he's like, I think we only needed to do one thing at a time. Either have us all speak German or do the camera thing. We mm-hmm. can't do both. 
this poor man like couldn't fuck up his lines <laughs> because like they were doing continuous takes and he just sounds like he's like fumbling through German. I don't know if it's even remotely good. I don't know anything about German, but I doesn't sound good. But also like who cares, you know? <laughs> I'm not going to get hung up on it, but like I feel bad for him. Yeah. <laughs> I think I even tweeted that he went to the Matthew Reese School of Acting in a foreign language. <laughs> Matthew is at least better than Gary. <laughs> Just remember that one where, like, what was it? Like, Joe and Joel were telling her about uh, in the American spoilers for season three, but like when she goes to see her mom and he's like telling her that and she like looks like dead face and they're like i thought she'd be excited and she's like i just thought about how i would have to speak russian <laughs> <laughs> and she really didn't say that much so she was in the clear <laughs> yeah yeah they were like okay we can't have these people doing this again <laughs> i think especially on that show because like you have like russian actors who you know yeah. are speaking their first language so it's like the extra pressure for it to sound good and like carrie would just was like <laughs> I can't. Because <laughs> I have stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, that that is a show where like they really value and really strive for like fidelity mm -hmm. in like the entire show. Right. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> so they said, Carrie, please stop. We're not gonna make you speak <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah, they both got absolutely banished from ever speaking Russian like after season one. I can just imagine, like, Lev Gorin and, like, Costa Ronan and stuff, like, making fun of them the entire time. <laughs> just getting eviscerated, yes. So, the captain gets murdered. Everybody who gets shot, like, we don't see them actually get shot. Because, like, they would have to add makeup and everything. But, like, mm -hmm. I think that kind of helps with the tone of the episode. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, because it is so, like, it feels very old style yeah. and just, like, absurd. And it, it really works for it, I think. But Skinner arrives just in time to save Mulder's ass, as usual. But he's also a Nazi. And, um, <laughs> well, he is government. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's, he's trying to take them in, down from the inside. <laughs> so Mitch, Mitch Pileggi actually speaks German. He went to school in Munich in the 70s. I think his dad was like CIA or something. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> Or, like, some, like, high official. So, like, he, yeah, he lived in Germany. He, he, like, brought it to Chris, and he's like, none of this makes sense. Like, none of my lines make sense. And he's like, can you just rewrite it then? That's like, hilarious. You just write it yourself. I can just imagine him writing, like, all of the German in the episode. So at least it's grammatically correct. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. Like, who translated this? Was it, was it Chris? Was <laughs> it like Google Translate? Just <laughs> They even have that then? <laughs> Probably not. No. No. <laughs> I think Google was founded in like 97, 98. He just had it's a, like right a German time. English dictionary and went word by word. <laughs> no verbs. Yeah. Changed. Didn't understand how to conjugate. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 So that's act one. And then we go to act two where. Scully's at the FBI. I guess, like, not concerned that Mulder hasn't come into work, or maybe she's just like, I don't know, he's always late. <laughs> like, I, this, she seems really fed up with him, like, before mm -hmm. she even finds out he's missing. <laughs> There's also this, like, scene where, like, they're, the lone gunmen come to her because they're like, oh, wait, like, Mulder is missing, the ship is missing, like, we have to tell, like, his wife that he's missing. And... <laughs> 
there's like a guy at his desk like working like fbi guy and then he like kind of gives the stink guy and then they move and i didn't pick this up at all but in the audio commentary chris was like oh that's thor's hammer that's the thor hammer's dude oh I'm like how am i supposed to know that and also like i feel like putting random guys into like his universe of nazis and spies and everything is just weird like i yeah. feel like that doesn't work that's definitely something I would never pick up on. No. Like, no, on a watch. never. Like, yeah. Whatever. He just he made that up. He made that up in the moment, I think. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's fake. Yeah, that was a budgetary thing. He was saving money, <laughs> just sharing extras. Yep. <laughs> but I'm going to pretend like I didn't learn that. You know what I mean? I was like, no. <laughs> but now you'll learn it too. There's a great line where Frohickey says the walls have ears where they're trying to get her away from so they can tell her. And then she says, I hear I have ears. Will you tell me what's going on? <laughs> she is so incredibly fed up, like mm-hmm. from the second the jump. And I love that for her. Well, I also love that they like are like Mulder's gone missing and this is where we think he is. And it's like a satellite image and there's weather. So it's nothing. So they're literally like giving her a picture of nothing too so she's like extra fed up they gave the original to Mulder Mulder. didn't make a copy (laughs) I love them (laughs) I love them too but they need the satellite photos to find Mulder and so first thing Scully does let's go ask Skinner even though he's not my boss he's helped us in the past you know and he's like no (laughs) I'm not going to help you. I can't help you. And there's a kind of scandalous one where, like, she's going to leave and, like, his secretary, Sir Scully, like, slams the door. (laughs) She's like, okay, look. Nobody else is looking. Will you help me? (laughs) Yes or no? (laughs) And the answer was no. (laughs) But somehow Skinner always gets roped into this. Yes. He He just has too much of a soft spot for them. Yeah. He doesn't do it for Mulder. He does it for Scully. Scully just yeah. like screaming at him at the, <laughs> the conversation. <laughs> You're out of line. Yeah. <laughs> I love the one where like she's like, I'm not asking you to do this for me. I'm asking you to do it for Mulder. It's like, I think he would do it for you. I don't know if he'd do it for Mulder. Right, exactly. Like not the argument to make. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, I think you're misunderstanding <laughs> what the situation is here. Then she goes to Kirsch, which was, I think she even knew it was a mistake, but she's that desperate. But Cigarette Smoking Man is there. So now Kirsch, the Cigarette Smoking Man, know that Mulder is in the Bermuda Triangle missing. And they know (laughs) the general direction in which he's supposed to be. And Scully just handed that over to him. And it was like, oh, man. Whenever I see him, I'm like, that's Richard Weber. Like, I don't know who this Kirsch is, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, because he did, like. 200 episodes on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I think he's still right. on Grey's Anatomy now. He's like the last <laughs> remaining. Alan Pompeo left and he's still there. Oh, man. <laughs> That's crazy. I think like we mentioned that in the last episode because he's in the last episode. I said that really is like the actor equivalent of like serving in the military. It's <laughs> 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 like being on Grey's or like one of those like long ass network shows. You would like David Duchovny and Jillian yeah. Anderson are also military veterans. <laughs> Right. Like, he would never have to work again. Like, I would never work again. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have Dude, to. Dude, those residuals? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. The money you must make it's, on Grey's Anatomy. 
yeah. you've been there that long. The joke is like David Schwimmer on Friends like never had to really work again because he got all of the Friends residuals. Like yeah, like get you a get you a role like that, and then you literally never have to work again. Mm-hmm. This is what they talk about when they talk about like the gig economy, you know? Because like now we don't have that. We do not have network shows no. running no. for like ten. Seasons. Like you're on a streaming show and you see <laughs> one cent a year. <laughs> yep. From the- and Netflix always forgets to send those checks. Yep. <laughs> like you, you ain't getting that. <laughs> like the Big Bang Theory was like our last great, <laughs> great Honestly, show well, until Grey's goes oh, off. <laughs> But yeah, or or no, actually, we are forgetting the elephant in the room in that it, Law and Order SVU. Is oh like yeah, still on I still true. haven't guessed. <laughs> no, <laughs> Mariska Hargitay will be on that show forever. It must be so easy. Like she must do it in her sleep. Like that's the easiest <laughs> right? job ever. Yes. Yeah. And she's like executive producer or pro- full down producer now. Like she is like she's like doubling up her money. Yeah. Like, and I don't think she ever. I've never seen anything else except for ER for like three episodes. So she she's literally never she, done it. She was in <laughs> she was in Taylor Swift music video. Yeah. Does that count? Yes. That counts. So ER, Taylor Swift music video, and SVU. It's her no, end of list. End of list. Good for her. Yeah, at least Christopher Maloney went off to do uh, the reboot of Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. <laughs> but the scariest thing about SVU is it's like kind of getting a second life with like the. Uh, Elliot Olivia yeah. stuff kind of mm-hmm. returning, or is it? Is so it? I, I, I have no clue. Like I don't think they've kissed. No, they haven't. I, think, I'm I very tuned impressed. in, and they did not get. <laughs> they got close though. They thought about it. It's like it's like weird because like they've never kissed, but you know they've definitely like fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen yet. it, and that's Same the problem. With- <laughs> right. We just yeah. just show it to us because we know it's happened. So, like, uh, how much? Lo- like, are there going to be like eighty soon? Like, how much? Longer is <laughs> a oh literal God, slow yeah. burn. They're going to like kiss on their deathbeds. They're going to like kiss, and then they'll both die at the same time. <laughs> the yeah. kiss will. It, kill it really them. is like watching. <laughs> yep. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> Okay, I just looked it up. There's 531 episodes of Law and Order SVU. Holy! <laughs> Good for oh her. Oh my god, that's incredible. I've we're, I've never well, heard of a been show in that, that like, many. She must have been in all of them. <laughs> oh my god. If not all Hasn't almost. she like gone on maternity leave at some point? Like, yeah, I there's, she's has. Had there's 531, so she's been in every episode. Or she's at least been credited for every episode. So. Oh my wow. god. God, that's crazy. That's I, I have nothing but respect for Mariska Architect. I can't Honestly, imagine for that, that level like... of job security. <laughs> no. Uh, and her husband doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> I would. I, man, that's a, that's a dream. Yeah. Scully then goes to Spender. She has such a bad list of people to help her. Like Skinner, Kirsch, and Spender. Like, <laughs> those boys ain't living it. Lift in a finger. <laughs> it's, it's looking bleak. It really is. And and so she shows up. First thing she says to him is says, I want you to do me a favor. It's not negotiable. Either you do it or I kill you. You understand? <laughs> she is like losing it. It's incredible. And then she I think he even says, like, are you okay? And he's like, No, I'm a gun about ready to go off. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the Satsy Scully is gonna be so hard this episode. It's I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've been thinking about it all. 48 hours. 
so she gives him the info and Spender immediately goes to Nark to Kirsch. So Scully, she gets in the elevator. So she, this is the one where she tries to call Mulder and he doesn't answer. In this elevator scene, so every time the doors open, so it's like a set, it's not like an actual elevator. So every time she's in the elevator, the people behind the scenes have to rearrange the hallway into like the new hallway. And there are a couple times where they like, <laughs> they open the, they do the camera and there's just like some poor set person <laughs> oh, holding no, like a frame. Room. Room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so like, it was just like, th- I think three times they had to change the set. Uh, and just like very quickly, like reorient everything. It's like incredible. Mm-hmm. This is such like an incredible, like technical feat. I, I really love this scene. Yeah. Yeah. And the direction has like just this, it is so well paced. Like, I was watching this episode and sometimes like I have to pause and like check Twitter because like I'm too online. I need too too much stimulus. Yeah. But this one, like it just kept moving and I felt like I didn't really need to pause because it was just so compelling mm-hmm. and like so propulsive. And I really loved it. It's it's in a fantastic episode. The direction is amazing. Yeah. I also want to give a shout out to the steady cam operator in this because yes. like this I is done his name. really demanding. Like, this is really demanding work to get these kinds of shots. And, yeah. like, he's doing a great job. Like, it's, like, really good. The movement that he gets in, gets in it with the camera, like, it's A-plus work for sure. This is, like, some of the best yeah. camera work in the show, like, period. Yes. And the Steadicam operator was Dave Lukenbach. And also a very interesting thing is that because they moved to California at the beginning of season six... They've had, like, three episodes together. Like, this is a fresh crew. Yeah. Like, this is, like, that makes it even more incredible to me that, like, they just are able to put something out like this. Like, little to no rapport among them. Like, Mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely fantastic TV. And I truly don't understand why Triangle was not at least nominated for, like, Best Direction in a Drama for the Emmys. I do think... The camera operators were nominated for one of those like camera specific awards. They should be because it's great. Yeah. 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 It's incredible. Was the move like a network thing or was it like a David and Jillian thing? It was a David thing. Yeah. It was mostly a David thing. I think Jillian also wanted to move, but it was like 90% David. That makes sense. And <laughs> yeah. I think I think I even read. I don't know. Because it has like, to be more expensive to be in LA, right? It is. Yeah. It is. Because <laughs> that's why all those CW shows are in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> also, when they shot in Vancouver at that time, like the exchange rate favored the U.S. more. Their money went further in Canadian loonies or whatever the hell the denomination is called. <laughs> <laughs> is that just the Canadian dollar? Yeah, I think so. I th- oh, maybe the loonie is like that quarter. That um, oh, I thought you just made that up. Point. I was like, What's no, the they get there. The loony and the toonie, or, or I don't think it's toonie. <laughs> I swear to God, there's like, it's called the loony. <laughs> Wait, I gotta look this up. <laughs> it's their dollar coin. Mm. It's nicknamed the loony. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the toonie is the $2 coin. Okay, That's so I wasn't, I wasn't full of shit. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, it was more expensive to shoot. Because of like union labor as well, and also California and U.S. dollars, et cetera, et cetera. But they did have more resources. Like this ship they shot on was the Queen I was Mary. Say this is like there's mm-hmm. so many boats. <laughs> like they're yeah, in LA. Yeah. yeah, it's like a hotel. 
So, like, they couldn't, like, it wasn't empty the entire time they were shooting. Like, there were people, like, staying at the Queen Mary while, like, the X-Files is shooting an episode (laughs) on it. It's, like, kind Uh, of incredible. (laughs) Wish I was there. I should have been there. What year is this? 98. Oh. Two years old. (laughs) Two years old. What about about the the blast? (laughs) Yeah, I was was watching Fight the Future with some friends uh, yesterday. And I kept joking about, like, I should have been there. Like, my family should have taken, like, six-year-old me to go see <laughs> this, like, horror movie. Yeah. Just so, like, I could have been there at the seat, the, the room where it happened. It's a very fun, like, she the el- elevator's open and there's cigarette smoking man and she's, like, hurriedly, like, closes them. It's, like, very it's funny very and, like, just silly. Yeah. Like, they saw you. This episode is really fun. Like, this is, like, one of the more fun scenes to me is kind of Scully just, like, running around and being like, whoop. Yes. Close the elevator. We don't see (laughs) her. Like a child. Frazzled. She's, like, hiding against the wall. We don't frequently see her so frazzled. And it's just, like, kind of really cute. Oh, she's kind of fumbling. Mm Mm-hmm. The person trying to call her is Skinner (sighs) because he actually did get the info for her. So he gets in the elevator to give her the info. and. I will haunt Chris Carter for having Scully kiss Skinner before Mulder. <laughs> I forgot like, that that's just happened. And I was weird. Like, oh. It's weird. It's so it feels weird. deliberate. It feels like a deliberate attack. It does. It really does. <laughs> this in, this entire episode is a deliberate and attack. And also, think, you can't three. even... You can barely see the Scully and Mulder kiss, but I saw that I Scully know. and Skinner <laughs> I know. Yeah, like, full lit. <laughs> Fluorescent <laughs> lighting of an elevator. Yeah, like... <laughs> But I was like, I was in the dark watching too, and what I was if like, we kissed in an <laughs> elevator in the J. Edgar Hoover building. <laughs> that should have been <laughs> Mulder and Scully. That should have been them so bad. Anyway, <laughs> I love Skinner's little act that he puts on too. He's like, if you ever ask me for something like that, you try to disregard the command. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> thrown out of the fbi and she's like yes sir <laughs> i love skinner it's so cute to me like the kiss is like weird but like his like little <laughs> act like being mad at her was like really adorable mm-hmm. yeah i will say the kiss feels very much like a very celebratory mm-hmm. thing it like it doesn't have like rancid vibe it like in the episode it does have rancid vibes but in like the j- meta yeah. of the show in it general does. it has rancid <laughs> <Yeah>. vibes <laughs> isolated it's fine but <laughs> within the full yes. context the- <laughs> and then i love that the lone gunmen have a little vw van they're so and cute. also the fact that like she gets into it and the cameraman also has to get into mm-hmm. it and then spender runs out and it's just oh, it's incredible like yeah there's so many like good bits in this um like of like scene construction and like camera work and just all of it is just absolutely fantastic it's a absolute marvel of an episode Mulder Mulder's corny ass is trying to explain oh. World War II to like the soldiers <laughs> and like I love his like the way he describes it it's like so like loser-ish too and he's like <laughs> with no small amount of help from us <laughs> or his like I have two words for you Pearl Harbor <laughs> right like as if that matters to the Germans at this point <laughs> They're like, what the hell is Pearl Harbor? They're like, we don't care about the Pacific. <laughs> they like literally don't even know where it is. Right. <laughs> As if like they had anything to do with Pearl Harbor either. Like they did. 
at this point, they're like, what do you mean we're allied with the Japanese? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but like, I think Japan might still be in the League of Nations at this point. Maybe not. Because mm. like, maybe, yeah, that's whenever Japan invaded Manchuria is whenever the League of Nations was like, uh, maybe don't. That's pretty messed up. And I think that was like 1938 mm-hmm. or 1939. So, ah, uh, OK, OK. I'll double check it. But it's like, yeah, they're like, why would we be allied with someone in the League of Nations at this point? <laughs> Mulder also makes a quip about like, oh, you don't have much or says like something about like you don't have much to apologize except maybe for the Spice Girls. And I was like, what did the Spice Girls do to you, Mulder? It's like, easy. Are, are you do are you that opposed to fun? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, yeah. Oh, the Manchugo incident was ni- 1931. So never mind. I'm wrong. But... Oh, OK, OK. Anyway. And they're like, oh, the Nazis think they have guns on the ship. Like, of course they do. Like, of course they're, like, using the cover of civilians to, like, transport weapons. Absolutely. (laughs) And then Mulder, in his, like, ultimate dipshit move, he's like, oh, yeah, like, there's a weapon on here. It's called the Thor's Hammer. It's, like, actually really important. (laughs) And he's like, actually, it's not a weapon. It's a man. And then the guy's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go tell all the Nazis. (laughs) He's such a doofus i love him so i'm not wild about this like jamaican crew thing because it just feels like not overly racist but like weirdly racist i feel like if you're gonna bring in like british colonies like jamaica this is not the way to do it well i don't even know if it's like factually accurate like i i guess i could kind of assume like them using being like using their colonies as grunt labor that makes perfect sense to me But but like I just didn't know if this was actually, like, accurate even a little. It is, like, really weird. It really doesn't fit into the episode. It was like, they were like, we can't make Kirsch, like, an American, like, just someone on the ship. Like, why why does Kirsch, this version of Kirsch have to be, like, like, a Jamaican? Yeah. (laughs) In, in like, the the underbelly of the ship. Like, Like, if you just uh, never explained it, I wouldn't have even thought. He could also just be, like, a normal British citizen, too, like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't I mean, have to be I Jamaican. If, like, <laughs> I, what if George Pickens Jr.'s like accent for like British was like worse than his Jamaican? <laughs> so they just like, that's scary. I mean, <sighs> that could be a reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> this Jamaican's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they were like, mm, "Your British is too close to Jamaican, <laughs> so we're just gonna make." you Jamaican but yeah it is very strange it's like a weird part of the episode yeah he wants to go to Jamaica the Nazis want to take it to Germany and Mulder's like no you need to take it back turn the ship around and go exactly where you went so I can go back to 1998 and <laughs> so the him. Germans can never get <laughs> yeah and also like, he's like the Germans can't get Thor's hammer and also I need to go back to 1998 or I'm gonna get my ass kicked <laughs> <laughs> or I'm gonna die in 1939. <laughs> Mulder then gets dragged to the ballroom. Now that he seems to know who Thor's hammer is, they're trying to get it out of him. <laughs> so we're in the ballroom, and <laughs> they're just like, "Okay, we'll just like start shooting people." And like, Spender is doing like a bad—well, I wouldn't say bad, but like an uninspired German accent. <laughs> <laughs> Great word choice. And then William. B. Davis is struggling through his germ. <laughs> and then Mulder's just like making quip after quip, like with a gun pointed at his face. 
these three like just chaos this just like the worst father-son like trip ever honestly (laughs) i like reminded randa during this episode that Mulder and spender are like technically half brothers and she was like what (laughs) i was like yeah (laughs) it's messy yeah there's only one mode for like the Mulder family uh and it's messy yes when they point a gun at Scully, Mulder's like, okay, enough. Um, the dead man is the, the guy. And they're like, what's his name? And he's like, hell if I know. <laughs> the lone gunman and Scully find the Queen Anne. And it's all lit up. And they're like, oh, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> We're back to 1939. And the guy who's like Thor's hammer is like, no, it's me. Like, Everybody chill. Be chill. She's my OSS agent. Which, like, oh my god, they did not make her, like, proto-CIA. <laughs> like, oh my god, that's so rude to me. <laughs> I know, I was, like, offended by that, The honestly. CIA existed like, then? No, the OSS no. didn't even exist at that time. No. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't think that, I think I saw, like, the OSS was founded after the U.S. got into World War II, and then after World War II, it turned into the CIA. Yeah. I think that OSS, like, isn't as bad. Like, they didn't really do anything, honestly. <laughs> we're, we're making they excuses. Did, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't get... <laughs> when they were as bad, don't worry. She's fine. <laughs> she 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 would have left as the second it got bad. No, she would have been kicked out for being a woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's just like Joe Weisberg. She wanted to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she put in her time, and then she's like, I'm going to make a show about this. I always think about that. I'm like, man, it's so disappointing Joe Weisberg was in the CIA, but I was like, well, we did get the Americans out of it, so at least you did something. Wasn't he in it for like a year or two? Yeah, he, and he's like, I didn't really do anything, yeah. and then I like, I like started reading about like what they do, and I was like, I- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so funny to like join the CIA to rebel against your lib parents. <laughs> <laughs> like that is such a funny move, Joe. I res- uh, I like kind of weirdly respect it. You no, know what I, I mean? respect it, and I'd be like, wait, maybe they were right. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he had to peek He's behind so the curtain funny. and see all like the, the drunk assholes <laughs> that work there. And we got the best television show ever made out of it. Like, thank you. My favorite thing is how like the CIA always has to like read those. But just for like Intel, like they don't really care if you say that they're shit. <laughs> like as long as you're not saying things about stuff you did. It's <laughs> very funny. <laughs> so before they can kill Mulder and Scully. The crew bust in, so there's just like this huge fight in the ballroom, and like the 1930s like swing music. It's a really fun scene, like it's really corny, but I think that's what makes it really fun. It's just like they're all like throwing fists. Like one woman like throws a bottle at a Nazi. Like it's just so fun, <laughs> and like Mulder and Scully are like crawling under like all this fight. And they're like, okay, like let's get mm-hmm. out of here. <laughs> we got we got to turn the ship around, <laughs> and. Chris said, like, um, this, there's, like, a lot of swipes um, in in this part because they're trying to go between 1998 and 1939, and it, that's, like, a lot easier where it's obviously a cut, but the way it's done kind of keeps the action. It keeps that, like, propulsion that the earlier episode really thrived off that kind of continual shot. Yeah, it keeps up the momentum. Yeah, yeah, the momentum. So the lone gunman and Scully are walking around this empty ship and we're kind of bouncing between like the full 1939 ship and this empty ship in 1998. 
And <laughs> when Mulder and Scully, the 1939 Mulder and Scully are running off, like they get caught again, but Skinner saves the day and, and kills the Nazi. And so it's like a really fun, like, yes, he works for the bad guys, but he's always kind of on their side moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he even says like, God bless America and get your asses out of here. <laughs> He does. It's so over the top. I love it. It's, it's like it's so silly. It's, it's so, so hilarious. Silly. I loved like when they cross when it shows like the two time periods and it crosses and like Scully stops. <laughs> She's like, yes, yeah. <sighs> That's like my favorite scene, like in this episode. I think. And funnily enough, when I was listening to the audio commentary, he said that this was inspired conceptually from a Sibisonic music <laughs> video and I was like okay I don't know what, who Sibisonic oh, is the closing so. time yes. and it was like the closing <laughs> time people yes and so I was like I was like looking at the clock and I'm like I don't have enough time to like watch every music video but I'll cl- watch closing time and it was split screen that's what he's yeah. talking about <laughs> like, well, they, sure. they don't have any other songs do they <laughs> <laughs> not that I know of exactly but there's like the split screen of, I guess, like the singer and then like the person who he's going to pick up from the bar, but they like miss the phone calls mm-hmm. and they kind of jump between mm-hmm. the screens essentially. And so he got inspired by that where they ended, they were like <laughs> in one scene and then in the other. Where like the, the it's a great shot too and the great transition and her like kind of just like looking back like, what just happened? Something shifted. <laughs> Whoa. I felt something there. <laughs> And then we have Mulder, like, on the deck, telling Scully, 1939 Scully, how to save the ship. And he's like, if you don't turn this ship around, I will never be born, and you will never be born, and Hitler will win. And and she's like, what the hell are you talking about? Right. (laughs) And she's like, so I'm just supposed to believe you. And, And he's like, yes. So in the audio commentary... Chris said in the most deadpan voice imaginable, uh, this is the moment everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> right before the Mulder Scully kid. And it was just like, why do you sound like you're being held hostage? Also, this, like, is not, this is not how I've been waiting for it. <laughs> He's okay, such an sir. asshole about it. He, he cannot shoot this to save his life. Like, it is so dark. And I get it's dark outside, but nobody told you to do it this way. <laughs> like, the Romos were not consulted <laughs> at all during the shot. This was definitely, like, him being like, I'll give you what you want, but you're, it's still going to be an insult, like, at the same time, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you can get what you want, but it's going to be in the most disappointing way possible. <laughs> this is the equivalent of, like, when my mom asked me to clean my room as a child and I shoved everything, everything in your into closet. the closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. Like, this feels like this, like, so, like, obligatory yeah. <laughs> and, like, hating, like, trying to do it in the, like, the most spiteful way possible. It's exactly. unreal. Yeah. Spiteful is a great said, word I for it. That I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, Mulder, you know, in case we never meet again, very passionately kisses her, but we can't see jack shit. And then she punches him afterwards. <laughs> I love that punch. It's so good. It's so good. And his like, I thought you were you would do the left, which like, why would she use her non-dominant hand to punch you? Right. <laughs> we're going for power here. Yeah. And so she's really confused. She doesn't know who this dude is. And he just like kissed her without her consent. Yeah. And then he just like jumps overboard. <laughs> like, my job here is she done. She just you throws the... <laughs> <laughs> yes, the little thing. It's so it's so good. It's so good. But 
in in like very X Files fashion, if this wasn't a dream, she did believe him enough to turn the ship around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's back in 1998, and he gets rescued. And then we end with the hospital scene, which I love. It's so corny. It's like so saccharine. It's kind of distracting, honestly. But like, I love it. You know what I mean? It's like almost silly how like corny it is. You know, it, like it definitely fits yeah. in with the vibe of the rest of the episode. But it is kind of like hilarious that they're putting this into this episode. Yeah, like the Wizard of Oz references, like. Skinner says, like, when you get better, I'm going to kick your butt. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Mulder smiles. And it's just so, so silly. But, like, I kind of buy it in, like, that way that you kind of get, like, nostalgic mm-hmm. about. Because at this point, like, they don't work together. At least, like, Skinner doesn't work with them. And so it is kind of, like. Heart- distance makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of how what I took from this scene. Yeah. You're like, maybe they weren't that bad. I think he bad. really does miss Scully, but. It is a bit kind of like Mulder's fever dream this episode, too. And, like, also, he's still a bit giddy from having time traveled. I think he's really excited that he Mm -hmm. got to time travel. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I I think that's kind of based. Like, that's really cool. (laughs) I do love what he's, like, trying to explain what happened. And I think Prohickey says, like, what drugs are he on? Mm -hmm. Is he on? And uh, Langley says, I want some. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, same bitch. Langley knows what's up. And also, all of Mulder's friends fit in one room, so you know <laughs> the whole the whole gang's here. His his mom not in sight at all. Thank God. And Skinner four five if you count Scully. We're counting Skinner. We're gonna take what we can get. If I can just like put my like MSR goggles on for a hot second, like mm-hmm. his. When when Mulder taps Scully's like side every time he says like nineteen thirty nine, I love that. And then when he like taps her and says you were there, it's just like just so tender and like oh I loved it. It just like really took me back. Mm-hmm. And and he's like you saved me, you saved the world, Scully. You saved the world, Scully. <laughs> oh my god. And I love her. Like you know what? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> she deserves. She's that. like I'm gonna take this. Yeah. <laughs> And this sort of like, it wasn't a dream, was it real? Like, it's it's like funny to think of it as like him just like passing out and having this like fever dream about Nazis and everything. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I think it's real. It's real to me, damn it. It's real to me. <laughs> I believe he believes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my favorite part of the episode, emotionally, is when he, Mulder, this, this guy who never says anything without a smart comment or a quip or anything in his most earnest voice looks at Scully and says I love you and her response of just like I oh brother it's just mm-hmm. so fun I loved it so much it's really sweet and then he has the black eye yeah, yeah and he realizes like it wasn't. It probably wasn't a dream because he does have a black eye, or he got a black eye for his <laughs> ship breaking apart. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Potato, potato. He's like touching it. I like. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, he really kissed. So funny. He's like. <laughs> Mulder's got a crush. Yes. And then we have the the swipe, and it says, "You know, created by Chris Carter, etc." 
Unfortunately. <laughs> so that was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, the directing's really good on this episode. Who is it by? And Raina was like, Chris Carter. And I was like, damn, <laughs> when the worst person you know makes a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really, I don't know what possessed him in season three, but he has some absolute bangers this season. Not the mythology, obviously. No. But like this and like How the Ghost Stole oh, Christmas, which yeah. is also yes. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's he's cooking. Let him cook. Let him cook. Because <laughs> he's gonna come with some flops real soon. <laughs> Already dreading having to because I'm I'm watching the mythology and just catching the podcast up on it, so we don't watch it. And I am dreading having to watch some of the stuff that comes up. I'm like, God, I'm gonna have to rewatch that, aren't I? I think at a point I'm just gonna be like, I'm not explaining this. Don't worry about <laughs> you it. You can Google it because <laughs> yeah, they weren't worrying about it. About it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So that was the episode, and we have our segments, and we start with Agent Mulder. Shut up, Mulder. Damn it, Mulder, Mulder! Our Mulder rating. This one was tough, because, like, I think if he didn't say I love you to Scully, he would have been higher, because he is pretty annoying this episode, but he said I love you to Scully, so I'm giving him a 4.5, which I feel like is reasonable. <laughs> Yeah. I have to live in my delusion. So there you go. You know. <laughs> Laura. Yeah, I'm giving him a seven point five because he was pretty <laughs> annoying during this episode. Mm-hmm. Like it was like ninety-eight percent him being annoying, I think. And then like that two yes. percent at the end redeeming himself by actually telling Scully I love you. Like so yeah, he gets like a good solid seven point five for me for that. Warranted. Tori. I'm gonna say it would have been less because he was like kind of cute. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm bumping it. Up. I'm gonna say eight just because of the like when he was like <laughs> the little fart in the ballroom where he was like John John Brown asked me. Put it tame. Put it tame. I was like I can't deal with you. Like I really can't deal with you. Like you're like gonna die. Yeah. Like can you just stop. He truly cannot take anything seriously, which I think only in improves the I love you scene because it, he is like legitimately taking it seriously but you're right he is extremely annoying <laughs> in this episode yeah. like they're just killing people and yeah, you're like, going up, off dude. with your stupid yeah, little comments yeah. <laughs> and then we have so uh, this must be the enigmatic agent Scully our sassiest Scully moment Laura oh this one was so hard there were so it's many so good hard. ones especially like OSS Agent Scully was just like hilarious. Um, hmm. Man, it's really hard to pick. I think I think I'm gonna go with when she punches him after he kisses her on the boat mm-hmm. because it's just like perfect, the perfect response to that, and he absolutely deserves it. And I love that she gave him a black eye, like queen. And it's also like following up on her threat to punch him earlier too. That was like also mm-hmm. a sassy moment for me. So yeah, I'm gonna go with her actually punching Mulder after he kissed her on the boat, and then just like yeeted off the boat into the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good! It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go with when she's first asked Skinner for help, and she's leaving the room. She's like. <laughs> Save your own ass, sir. Not <laughs> so good. She's yelling oh, at when him? she's yeah, she says, that. "Save your own hash. You'll save your head along with it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. I had to give it to 
her calling Spender a rat bastard. Yeah. Because that's just like so out of character <laughs> for her. And also, I just like love that she kind of hates Spender too. Yeah. Like usually she like gets kind of along with people that Mulder hates. But with Spender, she's like, no, absolutely, I hate him. <laughs> like, she's, no, you're right. She gets the vibes. Yeah. She's like, your half-brother is annoying, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then we have... Welcome, you've got mail. Our 90th moment, Tori. Oh, that's hard because we were, like, barely in the mm-hmm. name. I have a backup one if you want it. I have one, but yeah. The Spice Girls comment. Oh, that is nice. You guys go... Okay. Okay. Laura. Um, mine is actually going to be uh Mulder's awful Monica Lewinsky reference slash joke. That's mine too. Oh yeah, because that's just like extremely topical. Like you could only make references like that, like when the scandal was going on. And mm-hmm. the way that Also the way he says it. The way too, he says it is so like, creepy and gross. Ugh, and gross. just in general, like the media like we treated Monica Lewinsky who was the victim here mm-hmm. absolutely was the victim like horribly and I think now especially that we know more about that and like now that she is older too and has like spoken up about like her side on everything too um mm-hmm. it, that that just really has a sour taste in my mouth you know like it's yeah yeah, yeah extremely yeah so that's gonna be it for me because that's just like really that was just like such a common joke to include in everything at that time but it just like mm-hmm. really really dates it for me now that was mine too and what i did find interesting so like first of all like what he says is like pretty vile in my opinion where yeah, he says there's some trouble at our white house which will blow over mm-hmm. yeah so to speak yeah and it's like really vulgar yeah in the audio commentary so what's interesting I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here. Mm-hmm. But what I found really interesting is that a show of this caliber with this rabbit of a fan base honestly doesn't have that much audio commentary tracks. Yeah. But I think what it was is because the DVDs did come out until like 2002. So I think these were all recorded when they were like doing season nine, recorded well after the fact because mm-hmm. during That's the show, he, he was nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> yeah, you just like completely. Exactly. I even looked. I was like, maybe ago, it was a different six years ago, and he just forgot. <laughs> I was like, maybe it was a different season six episode, but there isn't one. I look, so I was like, I don't know no. what he's going on. But that makes yeah. more sense if they did it like way after. Yeah, it yeah. was like four years after he just. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. Confused. So like there, there are like the sometimes there's episodes, and I'm like, oh, this will have an audio commentary, and they don't, mm-hmm. and it's very baffling to me. But when he, what he said on the on nothing the audio- more tragic. <laughs> It's 2002 as well. Like, it's not like we were, like, moving away from DVDs. I think no, that's when like they the started. DVDs, yeah. Right? Yeah. But, like, what's also yeah, interesting so... is that, like, there's always, like, one person. Like, it's never, yeah. like, because I know in the, oh. like, Better Call Saul ones, like, Breaking Bad ones, it's, like, a whole group of people chatting. It's always just, like, one person just, like, recounting. The Americans have, n- have one DVD commentary. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Of course they tragic. can. Was it, is it, like, tragic. the colonel? Yes, the colonel. It's and it's. I think it's Joe and Joel and oh. Noah. So it's not even like. And Carrie and Matthew would be so. Carrie does a lot of. They probably um, couldn't ones. do an audio commentary <laughs> with Carrie and Matthew at the same time because he's going to be making her laugh like so much that it's just yes, going to be yeah. garbage. <laughs> it's just going to be Matthew doing his like type five. And Carrie just losing her shit the entire time. That's literally yes. what the podcast is. Right. <laughs> 
Matthews yeah. would be so good. We need to get we need to get the Blu-ray oh in motion. Yeah. We literally they, need to get them they set could up. Just not be we need to like together. fan fund this. Yeah. <laughs> I have a mic. I will travel. I will get on the boat. We will record. <laughs> we'll record, record it on the boat. <laughs> it'll it'll just be us reminding us him of like what the episode's about because he has forgotten. <laughs> On the audio commentary, which I assume was recorded in like 2001, 2002, he yeah. says about the Monica Lewinsky comment, he says, this is a cheap joke, which I agree. Yeah. And he says it probably doesn't work now. But no. what is interesting to me is I don't know if he's saying that because it's no longer topical, because it's very fucking oh, sexist. He said it because it's no longer <laughs> topical, for sure. Yes, I think that's the correct answer. But I was like, hmm. Because honestly, why do you think it's a cheap joke? We now? didn't really We're start not reframing the, the whole incident until like recently, I feel. Yeah, so, I totally like, agree. Now it it's 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 awful because it's sexist. But I feel like in 2002, it was just like a bad joke because it didn't have like time lasting power you know so that was our episode and i promised that i would make this argument which i think <laughs> is i don't think it's unpopular but i think it's mixed like i genuinely think this is chris carter's best episode he's ever made of the x-files and like if you want to narrow it down to like stuff he has just written and directed that also includes stuff like Dwayne berry and how the ghost called christmas but I think this episode is so inventive. It's so technically impressive. My favorite thing about network shows is when they get to the point where they get to just experiment. They can make really big swings. MASH was like that. One of my all-time favorite shows. They just got to a point where it's like, we've run out of like, we've done a lot of stuff. Like at a certain point, we just have to break the mold and they do like uh, real-time episodes. Um, they're dear. They have those letter episodes. They have a lot of like episodes that are a bit gimmicky, but I think really, really work. And I think this episode, like, I wouldn't necessarily call it gimmicky, but I think it's it's format breaking and it's really interesting. And I absolutely love it. I think it's his best directed episode by far. And I think the writing is really fun. And I think I tried to remember when I first watched this, I bet I loved the hospital scene because of course they did. I'm sure it broke my brain. But it did. <laughs> I feel like in the episode, I probably thought the tone was off. I thought it was weird. But rewatching it, I think if you know what they're doing and you're ready for that, it's a really fun episode. Um, I would actually, I agree with you. Um, not that I've seen every Chris Carter written and directed episode because I have respect for myself. Not that you don't have respect <laughs> for yourself, Shelby, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't, but that's okay. That's not what I mean, meaning to intend. I don't either, so but, you know what, it's fine. Like... I would agree with you, especially on directing, because I think that this episode is really, really well directed, and it like it's a very demanding episode from the production, but I think it's really fun, and they pull it off really well. And while like the writing I don't think is good, it works really well in the episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would agree with you. It feels yeah. Like, I think like it feels I think like it fits the need. The the, the writing does the parts came together really nicely and I think a lot of that was actually down to the directing of the episode um so yeah I actually I agree with you Shelby on it for sure yeah it's been yeah. it's I feel like it's been a bit since we've had one that's just kind of silly and fun and I like the silly. it's definitely like the most a lot. fun and like in engaging absolutely I think the last silly one we had was bad blood but mm -hmm. like that's different si silly mm -hmm. like I think this one, like, not quite, like, shut off your brain level, but I think there is a level of, like, you could just sit down and just take it in. I yeah. think Bad Blood, there was a lot of, like, trying to remember bits, 
Well, yeah, and it's There's also... There's like a, a bit more processing involved in that episode. I think now, too, when Vince Gilligan has made, like, more television and stuff, like, you can definitely tell it's, like, Vince silly, funny, um, mm-hmm. versus, like, Chris Carter silly, which I think is, yeah, a little bit more, like, no thoughts, head empty silly, which is enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Like, sometimes you need entertainment to turn your brain off, not turn your brain on. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why I watch anime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just searched for when I watched this episode for the first time, and I tweeted out, "I love Triangle so much." Okay, so. you were there. You were there. I had to. I had to rewatch it to really take it in. <laughs> when was this? Let's see the date. Let's see when this was. It was April eleventh, two thousand fifteen. Oh wow! Wow! wow. Oh, really close to when they Wow! Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close yeah, to the watched- arrival. Yeah, I, I watched it like right before the revival. Mm-hmm. I think they announced the revival. Oh, like, okay, that's when that's I was very watching it. In vogue. I watched so. it like in 2014, so like <laughs> close. I remember watching this episode with you in college, Shelby. Oh yeah, I just like I know I terrorized people this is, about this episode. This I know is when I just we watched them, together like... for sure. <laughs> yeah, because it's a great episode to show to like people who don't really know that much about the X Files. Because like it's just really light and it's like super fun yeah so huge fan of this episode I, I it truly is like a complete and utter marvel to me chris carter even said that the uh he said oh, was it like bill rowe i think was the director of photography and he kind of called him like a, a second director in this episode because it was such a huge huge technical feat and it's it, it's really fun to watch an episode like obviously it always takes like a big crew to put on an episode of television but like when this is like it feels like every single thing is hitting it just feels like so impressive and like the way that tv can be so utterly collaborative and like a really fun way it Mm -hmm. just feels like a complete utter celebration of television as a medium yeah not overly so but just in a way like no where else are you gonna get something like this this isn't gonna be like a premise of a movie because you don't you'd have to set up the characters and everything yeah i think collaborative is a great way to describe this episode like i do think you can feel all of those different parts coming together and coming together well and i think that's a strength for sure like yeah Mm -hmm. that was the episode and if you would like to follow us on twitter we are condensed truth on twitter uh if you'd like to email us we are condensed truth pod at gmail.com i am like very behind on editing but they will come out eventually Next time, we will be talking Season 6, Episode 6, How the Ghost Stole Christmas, which is a very fun episode and also uh, a very cost-saving episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that'll that be really fun to ha- uh, do, and we're going to have our friend Kevin back on. So that'll be a lot Yay. of fun. Kevin! That'll be a fun one with Kevin. I'm excited. Yes, yes. And... Yeah, so, uh, Tori, uh, you've you've mentioned your app before, but follow Tori. It's a blast. You're going to see... Um, yes. I was going to say Midge Lenny. <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> <But> yes, right? <laughs> I wish. Rachel and Oscar oh, Isaac. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, so. exciting. <laughs> Love to see hot people do their thing. Yeah, they yeah, are t- both very hot and beautiful, so... <laughs> You've never seen Manhattan, have you? No. It's on my list, though. I think that's, early, I early think that's the Rachel only thing I've Brosnan. seen. Yeah, that's the only thing I've seen her in, I think. Same. <laughs> but, um, 
I, well, you've watched my cut of, right? You've watched, yeah. No, okay, so I downloaded it, and I haven't watched it yet. I will not watch the Midge Lenny the movie. I mean to. I will I will watch a Midge Lenny cut of Maisel, but I just, like, no, I cannot watch Maisel. Yeah, because, um... I just Amy Sherman Palladino is just I really I see don't her like in her. my nightmares. <laughs> yes. She keeps me up at night. I just personally really It's, it's like kind of like Chris know. Carter her. On my so list. Right. Right. It's like I appreciate the ship, but oh I know it's God. such a minor portion of that show that I just like have not watched the show. I would never recommend yeah. it. So I would to absolutely anyone. watch an edit of it. Yeah. No. I like I have caught glimpses of Gilmore Girls in that way that like you go to college and your friends are like really into Gilmore Girls and you like watch an episode and I'm like this dialogue fucking sucks <laughs> like I know it doesn't but I hate it. Raina loves Gilmore Girls and has her whole Gilmore Girls thing, but like it's I cannot watch like I, I can watch some Gilmore it. Girls I can watch it's it in small so bits, much but it's I can't so much. watch like a lot of Gilmore Girls yeah and like I had to. The Amy Sherman Palladino-ness of it is like is grating sometimes. Just like, it has to like you. It had to have hit so you too, at like yeah. a certain time mm-hmm. in, in your life to have some kind of connection old, to it. Yeah, and thirty years old right. is not not that point. Unfortunately, <laughs> that happened to me. So no, no one should start watching you. Not Rose whenever you're like watching Lorelai and you're like, oh, we're like the same age. Same <laughs> <laughs> <If it> age. <laughs> I honestly feel that like. I'm too poor to watch Gilmore Girls, which I just mean like yeah. that. Like, there's this sort of like yes. sort of um, New Englandish, New like, England generational upper crust <laughs> yeah. vibe that I like. Don't get it all. I'm like, nope. bitch, I watch Roseanne. Right, same. <laughs> like, <laughs> I cannot do this. Um, I don't even like. I I only vaguely know where Yale is. <laughs> uh, it's in Connecticut. I'm about to. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Is it New Haven or whatever? <laughs> I just know that, I don't know, Yale seems pretty evil to me, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, when you um you tweeted that she was a, uh, what is she, a, uh, what's that K-pop oh, group she loves? Oh, she's like a BTS army. She's a BTS, that was so, That's like, like, the I was wildest like, fact. <laughs> don't get me, don't. She's like 40-something. <laughs> she's don't like 50. Don't get me started on Amy Sherman Palladino <laughs> and how she treats Asians. Oh, no. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. No. <laughs> Started on it. There's already. That's why I hate her so Stephanie much. Stephanie Shu, poor Stephanie Shu, is pregnant in Maisel. Like oh, the poor woman. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! I was like, I've seen this film before on Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Justice for Lane. She's 57. But, oh my god! She's 57. <laughs> like, I don't want to be one of those people that is like mean and bitchy to people who like things when they're old, right. because like I'm kind of old. But also, like, right. how are you a 57-year-old, like, this into BTS? Right. It's a, it's creepy. Like, it is creepy. Like, what is the... It's a little... <laughs> like, find, find a, like, a director or something. I don't know. Yeah. There's different outlets for this. <laughs> Man, yes, yes. Also, when you said, like, uh, Chris, Amy, I was like, God, mine is, like, Chris, Stephen Moffat, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, like, Ooh, that's a good one as well. top three, for sure. Uh... And like D and D, Game of Thrones. Oh yes, yes up there. Yes, oh so. yes, I really hate D and D. Like I really. But I have like less them. of like an emotional connection yeah. to Jam- Game of Thrones, so right. they're a little lower down. But they're right. still up there. Stephen yeah. Moffat is also never seeing heaven. <laughs> Stephen Moffat also <laughs> no. treats women horribly. 
That is true. But have you seen Heaven Sent? Because it is kind of fucking fantastic. No, I haven't. <laughs> it's really good. I'm sorry. He kind of went off. I'm he not saying went he off can't. In Clara 12. <laughs> I'm not saying that he can't write something good. No, no. Because he, he is a talented writer. There is the... There's multiple examples of did he? Did he? Say there's the entire character of Amy Pond. Well, so. <laughs> did he do? I've like um, seared in my memory that Sherlock episode. It was like season three, episode one, where like the Reichenbach ball, where they have like the people having like the fan community coming up with theories. And there's like, and of course she's fat. Like there's a woman who's like, she's meant to be the butt of the joke. And she's like, t- just trying to make like Sherlock Watson fanfic. And it's just like, this is your audience, dude. Like, I've you're telling your audience it. you don't respect them. Right. Like, like it's just fucking, insult it's your awful. audience. Yeah. Like, these are the people watching you. You do the time traveler's wife most recently. I think so. Him, right? I think that was him. Because I saw, like, everybody was talking about, like, because he's like, he goes back in time to, like, blow himself or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, <I'm, laughs> this is absolutely awful. terrible. I didn't watch it, but. But yeah, I hope everyone loved the episode. I hope I made a compelling argument of why this is the best Chris Carter episode. Because it is. I agree. I mean, I, I could say, like, if you say Dwayne Barry, I'll be like, okay, I can kind of see that. But like, have you seen Triangle? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of playing on the Emmy thing is that the fact that it didn't get nominated. Um, Emily in the Monsters of the Week book rightly pointed out, like, the show gets bad, but I think another part of the waning success of the show is the fact that The Sopranos is coming out, like, right around this time. Uh, yeah, it premiered right. in, I think, 98 or 99. So, like, this is getting pushed away from network dramas really taking the spotlight of, like, what TV can be and shifting to, like, HBO and other cable stuff. I just, but, like, premiere so, dramas. I just read the HBO book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is they there an HBO book? They talked about huh? Yeah, it came out recently, okay. like oh. maybe a couple months ago. It's really pretty good. Yeah, so that was the episode, and we'll be back eventually. As to- I'm trying to get us caught up on our schedule since we kind of lost our our order for mm-hmm. Christmas, but I don't know. It'll come out eventually. <laughs> it's um, it's like one of those things where like it seems really daunting, and then you start doing a task, and you're like, okay, this like isn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. That is how I edit these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I just put them off until I'm like, okay, I gotta do it now. Anyway. Yeah. Thank you, Tori, for coming on. Thank you always so much. a pleasure. Always a blast. Yeah, I had fun. It was fun. Yeah, it's this is a great episode to revisit. <laughs> yes. I hope everyone has a nice weekend and talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.